Alexander. Steve Vinander. What a glorious day. <coughs> yeah, that is a pretty nice day out. <laughs> I mean, you sound like you're living the dream. Oh, I'm always living the dream, Steve. So even though by your baseline living the dream, it has to be a pretty good year for you. The year of overconfidence has you in the semifinals for the second consecutive year. Sure is. Doesn't happen too often that I'm in them semifinals, but gosh darn it, if I didn't make it again, I'm pretty stoked. You made it too, I hear. Well, hold on. This is not not my time to shine, but I mean, you're not exactly oozing the joy, I would figure, of somebody who's who's two wins away from going back-to-back. Oh, I think I'm getting sick. And then also my whole team kind of injured themselves this week, so. Yeah. But they'll come back next week. It'll be fine. So, what? I don't know. I think I think you're walking yourself off the cliff here because you won a championship on overconfidence, and right now you sound like the guy who's like, yeah, it'll be okay. Well, it's going to be okay because I'm going to win, Steve. You see, the oh. thing you see, the thing is, is over here, you're saying I should be excited, but it was, it's expected. You see, that's what overconfidence is, Steve. <laughs> you, you, I don't know, you, you did pretty good walking that one backwards. I'll give it to you. Why, thank you. Oh, absolutely. We're going to check in with our other friends if that's okay. Yeah, no problem. Producer Lucas, Derek, how are we doing today? That's the new hat I'm wearing. Awesome. I just think we gave you the title. You've been doing the thing. I'm sorry. I'm 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 still recovering from uh, uh, being called friend. <laughs> As opposed to Uncle Lucas? I don't know. <laughs> As opposed to something worse. We'll leave it at that. Derek. After a week's sabbatical of not having to play fantasy football in the league, you're you're back at it this week. I'm back at it. I want to say congratulations to you and Alex. And I do want to note that I, being on a bye wasn't quite as relaxing and as fun as I thought it would be because I was worried with every game that one of my players was going to get hurt. And I don't know if it was from the, the Kyler Murray injury that I was traumatized, but it was not as like stress free as I was hoping for, but uh, I'm I'm very excited for uh, well our matchup uh, this week in the uh, final four. It's here. You had a bit of a scare though. Austin Eckler went out for a little while, came back in, X-rays negative, but uh, you had to give the old ticker a jump start. Yeah, I felt like at one point I was like I can't watch any more games because on Saturday and we'll talk more about this game later. I know, but. When I tuned into the the Colts Vikings game, I immediately saw uh, a shot. They hit uh, Jefferson to the head. I have him star player in another league, and so I was like, I I, I can't watch any more football for a while. So uh, I'm just now looking at the lineups and hoping I don't see those uh, questionable, doubtful out uh, signs. Yeah, this is just a terrible week for all that having to wait. Then the, everything coming up the holidays, like games scattered over four or five days. It's this is not going to be a fun one to track. I'm worried something's going to fall through the cracks. But first world problems, because not everybody here is in that uh, situation. So I don't want to what was me on that one. So let's start ten for ten. Derek, you segued us nicely. Matt Ryan, the biggest choke job in Super Bowl history, has now added to his resume the biggest choke job in NFL regular season history. Up 33 to nothing at halftime. They 
was it? So I can't remember if it was 30 to nothing or 33 to nothing, but basically kicked a field goal in the second half and that was it and wind up losing 39 36 in overtime to fellow choke artist Kirk Cousins, who somehow engineers the mother of all comebacks. So I have a strong feeling about this because, so I was a Houston Oilers fan in the early 90s. No. The famous playoff game, the Oilers were up 35-3 to in the second half, and then it was the comeback led by, of course, none other than than Frank Wright. And so that was a 32-point comeback. This is 33. I don't know if they're including playoff games and all that, but either way, that was one of the greatest. That was painful. I was only in seventh grade, but I was a huge Oilers fan. So I was, you know, cursing at the TV. And now, you know, it's just funny how fate all kind of intertwines because Frank Wright just gets fired before, uh, he maybe would have had to be at the helm. Maybe it would have been different. He would have never let his team blow such a lead as Saturday did. Uh, but I had some mixed feelings about it because of my past, uh, sports fan watching trauma. Lucas, who deserves the most blame for that choke job? <laughs> um, the Colts organization. <laughs> this is what you get when you pull a name out of a hat for your next coach. Is is you're going to have opportunities to pull off choke jobs like this, as as you so eloquently put it. Um, I don't blame Saturday. He's in over his head. He should have never been the coach. It's the it's the ownership, it's the management. This is all on them. On another note, though, Saturday did put up thirty something points in the first half against the Vikings. Yeah, somebody forgot to tell him it was a it's a two half football game, not a one, not a one half. So I'm just saying he did do the first part too. <laughs> well, I don't understand, like. So you're ESPN or you or you're whoever and you were gonna hire for a new analyst and Jeff Saturday's done it before, so you can bring him in to be an analyst again, but like how could he insult anybody's anybody's anything like after what he just coached a team through? Yeah, no, I know. Um and and again, they're not I'm not blaming Saturday. They they didn't nobody can well, I shouldn't say nobody can walk into a situation like that. You need a veteran proven uh head coach to to walk in in the middle of a season in a team in such disarray and and get something out of it um you throw in somebody without any experience i i don't know what they were expecting um so i'm not surprised it was uh a little flabbergasted to see that it actually happened um because these are professionals and even the worst team really isn't that bad. I mean, these these guys know what they're doing. So um, I don't know. And it wasn't the the craziest best thing to happen last weekend. So we'll get to that too. So, so Steve, are you saying that did Saturday all in one day like ruin his career plan A of being a head coach and then his backup plan B of being an announcer all down the toilet? Yeah, and I get on weird moral stance kicks sometimes, but I don't understand how you hire him or how you hire Urban Meyer to be an analyst after they choke at the mightiest level. I I have a prime example of that, and his name is Matt Millen. <sighs> yeah, He's an I analyst now. I have a soft spot for Matt Millen, though. But, yeah, the point is taken. Real quick, though, I do want to comment, and we'll pivot after this. Like, 
I did find it interesting. The same weekend this goes on, Doug Peterson is now the coach of the Jacksonville team with a up and up and coming quarterback. Not a real lot, whole lot of star power outside of that, and they knocked out the Cowboys. So to do with that as you will. But moving on. So Lucas, that may not have been the crazy single event that happened this weekend. We saw the Bill Pel- Belichick Patriot Way. Just button down organization, give a game away in just true clown fashion. Uh, that was the best thing I've seen in a really long time. <laughs> um, and the fact, the fact that it happened to the Patriots just, I love it so much. Like, as, as much as I wasn't surprised that an inexperienced coach blew a 33 point lead, I was incredibly surprised to see a Bill Belichick coach team do something like that at the end of the game. Like, this is what in the hell were you thinking uh, time, and his players are never coached to do crap like that. You're tied. The game is freaking tied. It's not even like you're behind. It's tied. You, Yeah, you ran a long way. Congratulations. They're playing prevent defense. Get your ass on the ground and go to overtime. I don't have any idea what they were doing, and I loved every second of it. It was so awesome to watch. (laughs) Derek, what play would you have called? Would you take a (laughs) knee? Would you let Ramondre Stevenson run and see what happens? Throw the Hail Mary? What are you doing? Well, apparently – the reason they didn't try to throw the Hail Mary was because Belichick said that Mac Jones couldn't reach the end zone. So he was noting that his starting quarterback couldn't throw at the 45 or 50 yards just to even give them an opportunity. So I think if you don't think your quarterback can make that throw, then you should probably just take a knee and uh, not, not try to do anything uh, fancy. And I just think uh, also that Mac Jones needs to work on his uh, his tackling. I mean, he was, that was a no-win situation. There was no way he was breaking him down. But, uh, you know, could, could have done, used a little extra tackling coaching there. I just – does Josh McDaniel have pictures of Belichick doing something? I don't know. But, yeah, like, if you don't trust your quarterback to throw 55 yards, you don't have a backup that's got a cannon? I don't know. But uh, payback for six titles in 21 years. Welcome to mediocrity, Bill Belichick. <laughs> well, now, yeah. it's been leaving mediocrity. Alex, our yeah. beloved, well, your beloved Lions, my, yeah. Fourth and in inches against the Jets. You're like, how can the Lions screw this up? There's just a, flat, a, a multitude of ways we can do something stupid here. So or you throw a crosser to your, your backup tight end. Yeah. And then what happens? Okay, touchdown. That was a sweet game. Let's go Lions. That was against the Jets' defense, too. That's a really good defense. That was rad. And our defense had to step up, and they kind of did. I did. It was 7-7. Seven seven. People are saying they're a good team. Let me tell you, Steve, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid right now. Again. I never stopped, really. I was going to say, this is, you know, that's like me being skeptical of the Lions. That, that's just kind of the status quo. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, you never heard that? That's what Lions fans say all the time, that we're drinking the Kool-Aid. Honolulu Blue Kool-Aid. Yeah. I mostly explained to Derek the Black Swan situation. I haven't given him the Kool-Aid of how any little morsel of happiness is just something we, we take to the umpteenth degree. Well, I was going to say, I mean, as an outsider here, I thought that 
It was just the basic fact that the lions always get punished for making bad decisions, for doing stupid things, that they never get away with it. They never get rewarded for it. But it, it seems like uh, maybe things are shifting. False, Derek. The Lions don't make bad decisions. They're a great team that have just experienced bad luck in the past. Sure, we've made some bad draft packs and some bad financial decisions. But you know what? It's all uphill from here. We got Daniel Campbell leading the charge. Because you remember that thing at the beginning of the Hard Knocks when there was that baby powder on those pants? And he's like, look at everybody. This is what we got to do. And he flipped them in the air and he got all the baby powder off the pants. He's like, this is what we need to do. Half that room was confused, but I think, hey, the other – and the other half got it, and now the whole room gets it, and we're just wiping away that baby powder, and we're going to the Super Bowl, baby. <laughs> Can I just say I'll take that all as validation for my point there? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. They looked happy. They're actually, like, looking happy when they win games and, like, are mad when they lose instead of just being like, oh, well, we tried. So got some passion on that sideline. So let me tell you what. <laughs> Quick side note on the other sidelines. I think I'm falling even more in love with Garrett Wilson as a wide receiver just because he, I really think on one of these overthrows, he may actually murder Zach Wilson. Like he just looks like he wants to just throttle him. And I appreciate that because the milk puncher is not a good quarterback. I think the uh, Jets fans would support that if he did take that action. Just real quick, I really love Mike White. Apparently, like, they wouldn't let him play. You know, the doctor's like, you have fractured ribs, you can't play. And he's like, well, do I actually need your permission to play? Mm-hmm. Like, the fact that he was that, just I don't care, get me out there. I, I really appreciated that. Uh, he's old school. Tough. <laughs> All right, this um, question about the game on Monday night. This was the Packers and the Rams, good news, Rams loss, keeps us with the number four pick in the draft. Hopefully gets to move up to number three after this Saturday against the Broncos. But not where I was going with that. Philosophically, what is your take on the Packers' decision to just take a knee at the one-yard line with clock time running out? I don't like to watch the Packers' games because I don't believe in them. And the team is a lie. Just saying. <clears throat> So what did they do? They took a knee at a one-yard line, did they lose? Yeah, the two-minute warning, they got a first down so they could take a knee, so they did that versus trying to run it in and get a uh, touchdown from a yard out. Oh, well, then they still won? Yeah. Well, then it's a smart move. Less of a chance of getting a fumble and messing up, right? I've only ever seen him mess up the kneeing once, and it was actually earlier this year when, uh, what, Josh Allen did it? Or J-Dot? J-Dot screwed up taking a knee? Yeah, earlier this year it was a huge game and they ended up going into overtime because they were on like the two yard line and they fumbled the ball. Oh yeah, I guess Minnesota. Right, yeah. Vikings game. Yeah. And I think that's the first time I've seen that in a long time. So, hey, you gotta do what you gotta do to win the game, Steve. It's not all about them fantasy football stats. Yeah, I'm with you. You take the knee, you, you have some class about you, but I didn't know if anyone else had an opinion that you just, you know, when the dagger's in there, you just jammed in a little further. I mean, I, I didn't see it, it, so I, but I do the principle of just taking the knee. I, I think it's the classy, classy thing to do. No problem with it. I was going to say, if anything, about the other team would want them to actually go for it because there's a higher chance of them getting the ball back to win. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, and to be clear, um, they were up two scores, so even if something had gone totally screwy and they'd got a touchdown, they're still down a score. I, I realize you don't mess with it, but it was, it's different than like a tie game or the Patriots debacle. So, yeah. I would have imagined Aaron Rodgers would have wanted to do it though, just to try to get those stats up. Yeah. I could be wrong. No, that just seems very Aaron Rodgers. He seems like the kind of guy that loves to get them stats. I don't think anybody is worse than that than Drew Brees. Like that guy would, that guy would never not throw the ball. Like if you had him on your team, glorious. And if not, you just thought he was a chode, which I think he is a chode. But moving on. (laughs) (laughs) So let's uh, let's go from the NFL to our league for a minute. Uh, The next two, I just want to take a moment and acknowledge the teams that are not with us anymore, and they did it in opposite fashion. So Kelly first. At two and seven, rode a five game win streak into the playoffs to get to seven and seven. And then the second game of the week loses a running back after the first, uh, his first touch. And it is just all downhill from there. Bad break to end the year. Yes. I thought so too. <laughs> no. Um, and, and even her, her running backs, right? That she's been riding on that five game win streak. None of them showed up in the way that they've, they have before. Uh, James Conner was her number one running back probably for the first time all season. Um, so, you know what? Them's the breaks. It's happened to us all. Uh, we're riding high into the playoffs and all it takes is one game and players don't show up and they get injured at the beginning of the game and sorry. Yeah. <laughs> You're losing sympathy as you talk about it. <laughs> this does seem like, I mean, fantasy can, the cruelty of fantasy can just take on a number of different forms, and I think we have probably all experienced all those different forms, but the going on a run and then just running out of steam at the, the worst possible time, right, when the playoffs start, uh, that that's... That's a tough one because you just you feel like you're riding high. You just keep it going, and then it all comes crashing down. It's tough. I I hate to say it, but same thing could happen to the the three of you this week, right? You know, it's this is the NFL. The Houston yeah. Texans almost beat the Chiefs <laughs> last yeah. week. Like uh, it, you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, well said. It's a really good point. I was I was texting Derek this weekend about like how ridiculous this game can be. Like I was lamenting that I lost to Alex in week 14 because I thought he might be an easier matchup in the first round of the playoffs and having to deal with Kelly who's won five in a row. And I wouldn't be in the playoffs that I won in week 14. So having said all that, I'm going to put you on the hot seat for a second, Derek, as you were watching the the three, six matchup, did you have a vested interest? Like I maybe been the more steady team all year, but Kelly's on the rise just uh for your own path to get into the finals? Did you have a rooting interest? Well, I have a very unique situation here, which is, uh, as you know, I'm in multiple leagues, and your roster is is very similar to uh, a team that I have in another league where um, I've been fortunate to have the number one seed. I'm not too many on the horn because it's been a rough run of fantasy for the last few years, but this, at least so far, the regular season was a breakthrough. And so like it's kind of feels like I've I've hedged my bets now where um if your guys do very well, it could uh, be beneficial for me uh in in another league. So I'm sort of in that place where I'm hoping for just the perfect storm 
of things so I can win in both leagues. But um, it, it, it does pose sort of a unique uh, challenge that I have not had before. So, um, so it, it, it will be interesting. And, you know, before I entered this league, you and I were talking about each other's teams. I was always rooting for your team, you know, hoping for the best. Uh, so it's a, it's a weird situation to now uh, be the person that uh, has to try to stop you from getting to the next level stage. Guys, I want you to just, there was a master class from the mayor right there. He gave thoughtful information and did not answer the question. It was truly well done. <laughs> so I, I won't, I won't make you stay there. I, uh, you and I talk like this feels, this feels gross. I certainly want to win. I, and I don't want to be the team to impede you from a championship, but I don't want you to be the team that stops me from my run for four, uh, straight finals. So. We get through the week and uh, we move on. I'm, I appreciate I'm about, that. I'm about to puke. This is the <laughs> nicest, kindest smack talk I've ever heard in my life. Come on, guys. Step it up. This sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, you know, this is, uh, as Alex once described, his and Matt's matchup is a matchup of gentlemen, and they don't insult each other. We 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 take a similar tact with our our match here, so uh, <laughs> pussies. Come I was almost gonna go just no comment to your question, so you know, maybe that would be better. Alex, what about the other side of the spectrum? You you knocked out Bobby who thanks to Lucas to reminding me for had a four a four week stretch of being the number one team in the league and uh things started to fade he limped into the playoffs to a degree, but had a monstrous week 16. So I don't want to minimize that, but it was, uh, less, it was less good than bad going to the back end. And you were able to get Bobby this week, but I'm not asking you about that from your team. I'm just asking you to lead the charges. We talk about Bobby's team in review. Well, it's just what stinks. That's kind of what I've talked about. Bobby's team a lot is that he has a lot of like people that can get incredibly high scores or nothing. And it just takes one week in the playoff. It's like when you have to win three games in a row. It just takes one of those weeks for like them not to hit all at the same time, and then boom, you're done. And it's kind of what happened. Like things like Kenneth Walker didn't have the belly like, what he was doing the past couple of weeks. Um, I'm kind of blanking on some of the other teams right now, but it's just like it's very touchdown dependent team, and he wasn't as able to get as many as he wanted, and it just kind of stinks. Yeah, he made a couple <sighs> of intriguing. Yeah. Interesting moves this week. Um, first of all, Kenneth Walker coming off an injury, going against the San Francisco defense. I benched him in my dynasty league. Like I was not comfortable whatsoever with him in, and it was the right move. He had Ramondre Stevenson on his bench with 26 points. Like that, that was, should have been the play there. You, you ride the hot hand. He benched Brady, which was interesting. I didn't see that either for Justin Fields. Now that one really didn't, that was a four point difference. That wasn't going to make or break him there, but, uh, you're right. Stefan Diggs and Joe Mixon, um, eight point, eight points each. Uh, and that's not what they have been scoring for him all season. So you just, again, you caught him at a good time. Yep. Exactly. It's like that's the games he lost too. It's just they didn't hit at the same time. And if anything, the one thing I did like about my team is most of the time it's consistent. So it's not like the highest scoring team of all time, but eh, we're not talking about your team right now. No, I'm just saying like when it compared to Bobby's, it just stinks because his team had to hit when they went against me because I was most likely an average and they didn't. And uh 
Yeah, I still like Bobby's team, though. It's just it didn't work out this past week, and it stinks it was the first week of the playoffs. So. I want to get on Bobby. I think that uh, – I think I've learned something from Bobby these last few years. I have to stop being so skittish on getting away from a player before they go off the cliff and giving it a little more time because Stefan Diggs and Tyree Killer are probably players I wouldn't have touched this year unless they fell to me later than they should have, but Bobby went and got him, and they served him dividends all year long, and I think I've got to not worry about being, you know, three years too early on calling Julio Jones bust and just trust that uh, get good players, and if they don't work out, players don't work out all the time. You can find something on the waiver wire, and there's a reason he, he's won the division. He'd won the division three years in a row, and he's on the cusp of winning it the fourth in a row, so it's a heck of a run, Bobby. You'll be back next year. So I want to play a little bit of a game with you guys here. I, I basically stole this from another podcast that I listened to, but I'm going to give it a different name. So it uh, it, it works for us. I'm going to call it Inbounds yeah. or Autobounds. You can I'm give a- it the same name. Nobody's listening. No. <laughs> One day we had we had 73 listens in the last week. So people listen. Oh, okay. Sorry, 73 people. That's well, a lot. I'm fantastic. Whatever the America thinks of the rest of you guys is on them. All right, so I'm going to walk you through a couple of examples, and you tell me if you agree or disagree. These are going to – sorry, more context. These are situations in other leagues and how they handled certain situations that came up. And you guys weigh in, and if you agree or don't agree. Inbounds or out of bounds, locking the, locking the rosters of every team that is not actively playing for the championship. And I like it. I agree with that. What, so they don't drop their best players into the free agency pool? Or um, I think guys. more so that they don't get good players and block other teams that are still alive. Oh, I gotcha. Um, yeah, I think that's fine. It all depends on, on your league and how you trust people. So. Yeah, because I, I hold the view that not enough people respect the playoff games or the championship game that they, they should defer to to those teams that are still playing for the title to make the move. So I, I like it. The contrarian in me, just to give an argument, can say, like, you know, if there's a player like a Javante Williams, like, who's on IR on free agency because I had to drop him at some point, you want to go grab him, that's one thing. But, yeah, if you're like, oh, this player might be good. Let's just grab him now for next year as a keeper situation. No, I agree with you guys. I think you, I think you keep, you keep out. Anyway, you guys summarized it really well. So number two, this was a debate in another league that I had heard about. So they did this really stupidly. Like they had a, they had their off season meeting like we do. And they said, we want there to be a punishment for the last place team. And it's a, it's a 12 team league. And it was nine teams voted for it, two teams voted against, and one team abstained saying, like, I don't want to vote for this because I don't know what the heck you're going to want the last place punishment to be. And if one of you nine gets it, you may just give yourself some patsy of a punishment. If it's one of the two dissenters or myself, you're just totally going to throw everything at us, and it's going to be ridiculous. But by the nine to two to one margin, the vote passed, and the abstainer is now the worst place team in the league, and he's objecting, saying he shouldn't have to do the league punishment after the, because they announced it after the vote. So does he have a leg to stand on or you have to go with the league no matter how stupid the vote is? That was a stupid setup of a question. Like, what I do wrong? 
No, 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 no. Not, not for you. Sorry, for the league. The league, that was a stupid setup that the league did. You don't say there should be a punishment. Vote yes or no. Like, the commish should be demoted. Yeah. Um, yeah. You need to say what the punishment's going to be. Um, I'm, I would side with the ab- abstenter there. The, that was not a well-framed question to vote yes. on. Yes. Uh, that's very well said. That, that was, sounds like it was very badly botched, uh, from the, the people in the leadership positions there. So I, I understand that argument for the dissenter. On the other hand, I think the other nine people should do something nice for the guy that came in 10. <laughs> As a way to support their friends. I like Alex's answer. <laughs> oh my gosh, on the same thing, I saw this, I found this shirt on Amazon, and it's pink, and it has a unicorn on it, and it says, I suck at fantasy football. And I'm like, I would wear that on ironically. <laughs> so. Yeah, you would, you would probably wear that as a two-time champ. As yeah, a exactly. champ. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Just like wear that all the time. I would totally wear that to like next year's draft. <laughs> I think that'd be fun to have the last place team have to wear that while they drafted. <laughs> can, I, can I ask you, is the, is the only reason for punishing last place, is it because it, it deters people from tanking? Is that the only reason? Or does it really feel like you deserve to be punished because you were that bad? I think people just like to try to do fun things. But who knows? Yes, yes, and yes. I'd say um, that's why we have a five dollars <coughs> winners because we're trying to give everybody something still to play for at this point in the season. So, just to everybody enjoys playing, and if you're out two or three weeks before the end of the season and other people are still playing, it's kind of eh, this sucks. I know you're not a fan of it, so I, and I can appreciate that. That's why I feel like. Our our punishment is pretty mellow, just getting your team named, and ESPN basically blocks out anything that's too gross. <laughs> so, I hell, I find I find it convenient. I don't have to pick up a name. <laughs> now, last one, but this actually happened in my dynasty league, so I would be curious you guys' opinion on this. So, this dynasty league's setup is just a little bit different than ours. It's a four-team playoff versus six. So, basically, it's a 15-week regular season. Now, we're in the first round of the playoffs versus the second round of the playoffs. One of the teams did not know this. And, like, when he figured it out, he went off. And I mean off. It was this childlike, ridiculous response about how this was stupid. And when somebody tried to check him, he's like, I put money in the league. I get to complain about this league however I want. And then he proceeded to drop all of his good players and text the commissioner that he was dropped. He was quitting the league because he also didn't know that it was a, he thought it was a full PPR league versus a half PPR league. So he was going to quit, which dynasty players, this is why you collect one year in advance from your players. Anyways. So the commissioners booed him from the league at that point because he was going to have any of that. And I appreciated the decision. So this is where it gets interesting. This team that rage quitted. They finished fourth, so they would have been in the playoffs. Had a chance. Yeah. Now here's here's where the league vote is. We can you have one of two options, and he put it to the league, and we talked about it. And he's like, option one, we you trust me as the commissioner to play the lineup I think is the best for him. And this the commissioner was in the playoffs, so there's no conflict of interest. I'm going to play what I think is the most appropriate lineup. If any of you have just big disagreements, let me know. But and if he wins. And he gets to the finals and he wins. We take the money, we parlay it into next year, and we figure out a way to divide it. Um, two, because he quit, 
we basically scrub them from the league. We bump the fifth place team up to fourth place and the fifth place team falls back at one position in the, uh, the rookie draft next year. So which, which would you vote for if this was your league? I kudos to the commission. That is a well, well done way of handling that sort of insanely stupid situation. <laughs> he, I'm going back. Both of them are fine. I'm going back to the meat of this story. He rage quitted because he thought it was full PPR, not half PPR. And he was pissed to find out it was a four-team, two-week playoff versus six-team, three-week playoff. And this was the first year of your league? Yep. And he was the fourth-place team, so he was in the playoffs anyway? Yep. Okay. Something else is going on there. Um, I, I wanted to know that story. <laughs> I, I I blame the whole league for ever allowing this guy to get in in the first place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have a question. Is it the guy that up and quit our league before the season even started? No, this is this dynasty league doesn't have any overlap with that one. Okay. With the two scenarios, though, I'm I'm thinking of what would be going through the mind of his opponent in the first round playoff matchup, uh, because if he knows that the, the team in fifth is actually maybe has more talent than the fourth place squad, like I I feel like that. That opponent deserves a say, but then, gosh, it feels like that's potentially messy. I feel like the the less uh, messy path is just for the commissioner to play it like he would be running the team. If, I mean, it's it's bad options, but that, I think that's the best of the two. I would have thought that too, but it went seven to one the other way. Oh, bump yeah, up they, fifth. Yeah, bump up fifth. Who was the one dissenter? I do not remember. It wasn't me, though. Question. Uh, I won't read his whole thing, but his last verb, verbiage was, and hey, let's go get our explicit rating now. So fucking what? My money, my team, my voice. You don't get to fucking say when I should make a complaint or not. <laughs> oh, are you, are you sure this is all real? This isn't like a, a show or a fantasy novel that was written. Uh... Well, I will tell you, um, it would make sense for me to be the one to write it, because guess who was fifth? You? Yeah. Really? I was locked into four and lost to the, like, nine seed last week, and I would have been the first team out, so I bump in. Wow. Another twist to that story. That was cool. Yeah, so I <laughs> voted for it. I thought I was going to lose, because, yeah, I'll, I'll take my thrash in the semis for a shot at the championship like you gave me last week, Lucas. all right so anyway moving on all right we talked a little bit about it so we've got the toilet bowl championship this week jason versus matt who you got man i don't know (laughs) i would say i would say jason i probably will stay jason matt is just on such a downward spiral um, I don't know how he gets out of it. I think Jay's been punching above his weight class for a few weeks. We talked about it with that median debacle last week, but the short version was Jay should be a one-win team, not a four-win team. So I still think Matt's team is better and carries the water this week. I feel like Jay's team just 
it's kind of unpredictable. He'll show up at times when you don't expect it. So I'm going to say he does it again for the toilet bowl. <laughs> Man, <laughs> that would be hard to name Matt's team. I couldn't do anything rough to them. But Jay's team would be fun to be able to do that a second time around. All right, before we get to the 10 for 10, last one. Everybody, what is your favorite things, your favorite Christmas tradition? Oh, man. Cinnamon rolls. Thanksgiving, the morning of Christmas. Absolutely. I think it's my favorite. I like them a lot. And they taste that much sweeter. Yeah, yeah. They got the Christmas goodness on them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You get it. I do. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sticking with the food theme, too. We, uh, our breakfast that we have is, is something that gets made once a year. And, uh, when it gets made a, a day or two ahead of time, uh, to be ready on Christmas morning and the smell permeates the house, it just smells like Christmas. And that's what I love about it. You can't leave us hanging. What is it? Oh, we call it a coffee cake. It's nothing close to a coffee cake. Um, but it's essentially that the ingredient that is the triggers the smell and triggers triggers the memory is almond paste. Okay. It sounds disgusting. Yeah. But it's so sweet and sugary and it's just it's got this little bit of like gooey stickiness to it and you put it in a lemon cake with sugar and it's just really good. Is that something one of you brought to the marriage or did you guys kind of come up with it and make it your own? Nope, that was something that was um, ever since I can remember uh, growing up at my house. My mom would make that Christmas morning, and we would have that for breakfast Christmas morning. And Kelly makes two of them, and I probably eat one and a half total over the first uh, two to three days uh Christmas <laughs> and beyond. So the kids maybe have a piece. Kelly has one piece, and I've, I take a, a coffee cake and a half, baby. Oh, that sounds glorious. Mine is actually, it's not food, it's, it's a, a movie tradition. I watch uh, uh, It's a Wonderful Life, kind of always boosts the spirit, and then Christmas Vacation, because it's one of the funniest movies ever. You know what? Uh, today would be a good day to, to live in Grand Rapids, because we got Chevy Chase here tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, yeah? Oh, you don't even know about this, Steve? Really? Oh. Oh, nobody knows about this. Yes, at DeVos Performing Hall, you can go and watch Christmas Vacation, and afterwards, Chevy Chase is there and is doing a Q&A. Oh, that, that will be epic. Uh, yes. Yep, tomorrow so, night, Steve. So he, uh, Chevy Chase recently went on a podcast that I listened to. It's a podcast that David Spade and Dana Carvey do, and it's kind of based on, like, stroll down memory lane of Saturday Night Live and they brought on Chevy Chase and he he actually did have a, a medical thing with his heart recently that uh he's recovering from and, and they said it, his wife was there and said it was impacting his memory but it did not uh impact his comedic timing as he was he was wildly inappropriate but hilarious throughout the interview so I would pay a good amount of money to see him do a Q&A does he come across as likable? I certainly get the funny, but does he come across as likable or? I think you have, you might have to like that particular flavor and, and brand. I just think he's one of the best ever. And 
I think even the younger generation of comics doesn't respect Chevy Chase enough. So I just like him, but I can see how it doesn't work for everyone. I just, his work in community is just some of my favorite stuff ever. So I'm, I won't be able to get down there tomorrow, but uh, I might be able to check out that podcast. Nice. I recommend it. Yeah. All right. So we're going to pivot to our 10 for 10. What's your favorite Christmas thing? Um, honorable mention to Alex has had the same pug Christmas ugly sweater for like five years running. And I have always adored that. Um, I think it's, there's a picture I have up that I put up at Thanksgiving. It was or Christmas. It was my dad's last Christmas. It's in, and it's all the guys in the family. And I had remembered he and I were singing a Boston song and he was telling me about his time overseas. Um, <laughs> he now hated Boston because that song always played. Um, I forget, I know Boston's a big song, but I'm not thinking of it in the moment. So I, I put that picture up and it always kind of makes me happy. Um, so anyway, a little bittersweet, but that was a, that's mine. All right. So let's move to the, the 10 for 10. We, we Unless just, there's anything that makes us wait a minute. Pause. Wait a minute. No, what? There's something going on. I also have another famous favorite Christmas condition of giving um, your wife that George W. Bush book every year. But also, <laughs> it's time for one for one. <laughs> I wrap it up. Right, I'm very quickly to fill in the fill in the blanks because this is actually good memory. Um, George Bush was a Republican. My wife is very not a Republican. <laughs> and one year by accident, my parents gave her George Bush's. George W.'s autobiography, and my wife could not put on a poker face at all. Gosh bless her. And then every year since Alex has gifted her that one. Not every year. I take some years off, and then, like, she never expects it because she opens it, and then she looks really mad at me, and then I say the same thing every year. Oh, it was on your Amazon list. I was, like, 50-50 going to think about giving Noelle one of that for Christmas, but then I was like, nah, I'm still going to wait another year to keep it. Open. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, I yeah. need to I need to attend a Jinky family Christmas. <laughs> no, it's, not, it's on my bucket list. Do you got any video clips of this? <laughs> oh goodness! <laughs> I wait. She gets mad at me every time. Anyway, good lady though. This is her one button. So, anyways, so we have a one for one. We not. I don't think we knew this was happening today. We did know this was happening. We brought. We did know this was happening today. We did some show prep. Who knew? <laughs> All right, last week we had a very popular draft. Everyone drafted their offenses. This week we're drafting some defenses, everybody. We're bringing the same list, but there's some new characters added for the defense. And let me tell you, here's what you're drafting this week, fellas. We need a defensive line, a linebacker, a cornerback, a safety, a kicker, and a punter. Okay? Say that again. Defensive lineman, linebacker. A cornerback, a safety, a kicker and a punter. And then at the end of all this, we're going to do, you know, Steven's power jankings. And I'm going to go over, do some, my version of the power jankings, the power turnerings to figure out the uh, rankings of your teams that have been drafted. It's a very complex and complicated mathematical formula that I cannot let go because it's that complicated and specific. Right, Steve? Steve gets it. Indeed. Yep. So, how did we determine draft order last year? Oh yeah, pick a number one through ten, everybody. <laughs> Two, I, I, uh, seven, four. All right, Lucas first, Derek second, Steve third. We're doing a snake draft. Let's do this. 
What do you guys say, Luke? I just have to comment. I, your brain is a gift from God. I don't know how you come up with all of these creative uh, people here. Um, I, I'm sorry, but uh, my my defensive my defensive lineman is this guy, the very last one. Ah, with a, Lucas with a dude is with referring a, to a picture yeah. of a Renaissance man saying, "I pooped a little," smiling yes. funnily at the camera. And that is your defensive lineman. That's my defensive lineman. I yeah. love the smirk. Like it needs to be. Whoever wins, Derek, Steve, Alex, any one of you win this year, that's the logo of the last place team right there. <laughs> there it is. Derek, two picks for you. Now, are you sure? One pick for Derek. Yeah. Uh, I think this one's probably pretty obvious. I'll take the Pillsbury Doman for my defensive lineman. Very creative. A lot of people get him confused with the Pillsbury Doughboy. This is the Pillsbury Doughman. Significantly larger and more powerful. That's a great spot. Thank you. All right, Steve, are you able to get the document open? I am. So now team Young Way Cooper gets two selections, correct? Yes, you do. <laughs> okay. Um, Alex, I'm noticing that Young Way Koo is not an option. Yeah, because we know he'd be on your team. That hurts a little bit, but okay. I'm sorry. I'm seeing this list for the first time. I'm a little bit behind. So okay. I, we, we got a lot of sleeper picks. Well, Steven's taking a look at that. Let's list a couple for the audience so we can know kind of things they're picking up. Um, we got Big Debbie. Um, Is that the cousin of Little, little Debbie? Yeah, you get it. Yep, Peyton okay. Manning, but he has to wear Nintendo Power Gloves on both hands. <laughs> uh, we got G-Force. That's a movie based off of gerbils that became super spies. Uh, Captain Crunch. Uh, let's see. We got Soccer Floppers. Um, we got Terry Bradshaw's Money. Uh, Sonic the Sloth. And we have many other choices. Steven, are you able to kind of pick one? Oh, I am now. Thank you so much. It bought me the time that I needed. Well, a defensive lineman, we are going to take how you acknowledged, Alex, Big Debbie. She's going to hold the, hold the fort down. Big Debbie of the Little Debbie Fortune. Great pick. And our punter is going to be the legend himself, Joey Barrington. Joey Barrington. A bear that is named Joey in the Detroit Zoo. Wonderful. All right, I can't believe this uh, This next one slipped to me, but I'm going to take Larry the Lobster as my, my cornerback. That is brilliant. Larry the Lobster, as everybody knows from uh, SpongeBob SquarePants, uh, living like Larry, what they say. Back to Lucas. Um, my safety is going to be Goose from Top Gun riding damn a you, giant, damn giant you to goose. Goose from Top Gun riding a giant goose like a dragon. That is my safety. <laughs> That's a solid uh-huh. thing. It's a solid thing. I had, to, I had to grab him on the turn because I knew Steve was going for him with his next pick. Ah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, my linebacking core will be the cast of my 600-pound life. <laughs> That's a solid pick. <laughs> got a hefty right, uh, team there, Lucas. Got a big team. That's right. Uh, this one, I guess, I don't know. Maybe I'm 
like trying to cheat the game a little bit, but I'm going to take Peyton Manning, but he has to wear Nintendo Power Gloves on both hands, and I'm just going to use him as my kicker since he won't, his feet won't be uh, impeded. No, you see, you're not teasing the game. That's the point of the game, Derek. you got to be creative. Okay, good. Good job. Thank you. Clarification group. Um, is Barb from Stranger Things the the plump gal that dies in season one of the swimming pool? Yes. Oh, we don't want her then. Okay. For our <laughs> linebacker core, we are going to take the trio of the Google Dolls to go with quality, quantity over quality. Nice. That's three linebackers right there. That's a solid move. I feel That's good. Solid. How many people are in the cast of 600-pound life? I think I've got like 10 linebackers. That's a lot of people, Lucas. That's a lot of people. You have an army there. And that's a lot of pounds, too. So mm-hmm. should have really been my defensive line, but that's okay. <laughs> Just put in run coverage. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think for my kicker, it uh, it feels pretty obvious. I'm going to go with Big Chungus. Big Chungus. Solid pick. Everyone knows Big Chungus, kind of like Big Bunny, but Big Bugs Bunny, but not. Is a safety one of the positions? Yes, it is. Okay, I'm going to take a, a basket of toads because any uh, any good defensive coordinator would know how to use that to confuse an offense. Brilliant. Okay, and I think Derek gets another trick pick, right? No, we're done. No, I'm in the middle. Um. Oh man. <laughs> All right. Uh, in my cornerback slot, I am going with G Force. G Force. That's brilliant. G Force. There's about five of them. They're all super sentient, intelligent gerbils that have spy gear. Brilliant. Damn. Damn straight. Um. Mm-hmm. So I need a kicker and a punter. Um, Lucas's team was lacking speed before that point, but I think that's a big hole that he's filling. Uh huh. And uh, since all dribbles have jet packs. since most most punters are are overweight, weight, uh, I'm going to go with the Pillsbury Doughman for my punter. Ooh, he's already been selected. He's on. Oh, he was. <gasps> I'm willing to consider <laughs> trades. Oh no! I... Would you like to make a trade for the Pillsbury Doughman? No, I just I made the cardinal sin of drafting, and I pulled a Gordy, um, drafting somebody who's already drafted. Um, all right, then I will go. Oh gosh, gosh, this throws everything. All right, I am gonna go with soccer floppers as my punter. Mm. <laughs> nice. They can kick pretty hard, and they can get a lot of hitting the kicker. That's right. They can draw the penalty as well because they flop with the best of them. Brilliant. Derek? Did we do the dude in a green skin suit? Nope. Okay, I'll, t- I'll take the dude, some dude in a green skin suit as my linebacker for ob- obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. Obvious. Alex? And last pick of your team, Derek. Punter is the only spot open. I believe it comes to me first before it goes yeah. back to Derek. You're right. Steve gets the last two picks. You have your corner and your safety left. 
Um, Alex, when you reference Goldberg, do you mean the professional wrestler or the Mighty Ducks goalie? This is Alex we're talking about, not Steve. That should be self-explanatory. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's the it's the it's Goldberg the goalie. Yes. Okay. He got benched as a freshman, so I don't think I can trust him with my NFL team or my my fantasy football team here. So I. Uh, yeah, but like he got benched because that one girl had a better glove, but his stick was way better. I'm sure that it was. However, there are a lot of good choices and only so many options. So my first pick, I am going to fill out the secondary at cornerback with the rock, but he just had to drink a gallon of hot dog water because to look like he does at 60, you probably have to ingest all sorts of gross things. So nothing new for him. Probably, probably smart. Thank you. Thank you. And quite frankly, we are going to wrap it up with a crowd favorite, Count Chocula. Nice. For anyone who's curious, Count Chocula is just like a vampire, except he doesn't only drink blood. He has to drink chocolate. And if he doesn't drink chocolate, he does go insane and will kill people. Great choice. Thank you. Boo Berry ranks over Count Chocula. But Agree, but it was not an option. Okay. Has the uh, blue eyes white dragon been taken? No, it has not. That's a nice one. I'll take that for lack of a better option. Solid for a punter, Lucas. Uh, My kicker, uh, Mr. Irrelevant, uh, is Mario as Chris Pratt. Oh. Now, we did see Chris Pratt dressed as Mario in an earlier offensive draft pick, but yet this is Mario as Chris Pratt. Correct. (laughs) I didn't catch that. Okay. So, I will be tabulating the results using my calculator and all of the math and graphs that I have set up for this occasion. A lot of signs and cosines. Um so we're so going to go back. As much as we think is actually happening behind the scenes, he's flipping a coin, pulling our names out of a hat. No. I don't know. It's the magic of the Jenkins. Nobody knows what's happening. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of pluses and minuses. Like I was saying, Pillsbury Dome man makes a great lineman. Uh, Lucas, sick, cast of 600 pound life making the linebackers. Maybe not a great choice. You know what I'm saying? Thomas the Dank engine. That's a great offensive line, Lucas. I'm going to be overlooking these things and we're going to be tabulating the results. And you'll have the league champion by the end of today's episode. Thank you. So it sounds like maybe we should carry on with the show and maybe tease this thing out until the very end. Yeah, you get it. I like to think so. I've been on the planet with you for 30 years. I'd like to think I picked up a thing or two. Mm-hmm. Probably just a thing or two. But anyway, moving on. All right, so we're gonna we're going to run through last week's power rankings, and then I'll give you a caveat before we get into this week's rankings and see if Lucas can run the table again. All right. So last week we had, sorry guys. All right. One, Carly, two, Derek, three, Bobber, four, myself, five, Alex, six, Lucas, your better half, seven, Kelly's lesser half, eight, Cam, Nine, Matt, ten, Jason. Okay, and if you need clarification, let me know, but a reminder that Carly and Derek's body work 
only included the first 14 weeks of the season. So whatever they did or didn't do in the first round of the playoffs was not factored in their rankings. Also, oh, Bob would have like scored a lot of points. He could have vaulted both of them into number one. In theory, yes. Yeah. That's not fair. All right. All right. Yeah, there's not a perfect way to do this one. Um, I, I concur, but you guy wanted to do something. So having said that, I will turn the floor over, guys. Who is 10? It's Jason. Okay. Alex, did you weigh in? Oh, it's Jay. <laughs> uh, was 10, stays 10. Jason actually went into a bit of a battle with you. Lucas, it was anybody's to be had Monday night, but unfortunately, Alan Lazard was more terrible than Christian Watson, and he has moved on to the toilet bowl, and you are going for that big swing in $5. Woo! <laughs> Smoke him if you got him. If I could. Nine. Yeah, no. Uh, it'll be Matt. Yeah, I think it's Matt. Yeah, we're Matt. Everybody is two for two. Was nine, stays nine. So the bottom two teams will be the ones playing for the toilet bowl. So it feels like there's some symmetry there. So I appreciate that. Good luck, Matt. Hopefully your first round, your keeper next year, I assume, has got to be Cooper Cup. And you build a team that uh, does a little better next year. Eight. Cam. I think Cam vaults me and I am eight. I'm going to say Lucas. Alex and Lucas still alive. Lucas drops a spot from seven to eight. As he should. Cam destroyed everybody last week. Quite the performance. When, when you get 35 points from Zay Jones, oh, we're not talking about him yet. Uh, yeah, my team sucks. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Seven. Cam. 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 Ooh. The streak is I'm, over. Yeah, I was going to say, I, 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 as soon as I said that, I was like, wait a second. Kelly did not do well last week, so I'm going to say Kelly now. Okay. <laughs> um, however we got here, we do have a drop from six to seven. Kelly, yeah, that was a... It was a close margin. The Jonathan Taylor injury alone might have been the thing that moved the needle, but uh, this is where we're at. But I think she sets up well next year. She's got a solid keep. I mean, she's got like nine running backs to choose from, so she should be in good shape. All depends on where you draft. Is there any scenario where you guys would keep Josh Jacobs over Jonathan Taylor, or is it the opposite? That feels like a no-brainer to keep Jonathan Ta- or Josh Jacobs. Uh, I think you watch the off season. What's yeah, the thing that makes you take Josh Jacobs if you're saying watch the offseason, which makes sense, but what's the path to make you like him? Uh, not that you like him. It's that you don't like the situation with Jonathan Taylor. If he still has crap coaches and crap quarterbacks around him, I don't care how talented you are. He's proven this year that he can't pull it out. Yeah. I think the only thing that makes me worried about Jacobs is that they are running that man into the ground. And in the first three years of his career, he's shown he's not a guy that can be run into the ground. So this is defying logic at some point. But very quickly to your your Colts reference, um, I do have to say I saw a picture of Jim Ursay smoking a cigarette, 
sitting in a golf cart looking half wasted. He may be now my top two favorite owners. So I did appreciate that visual. <laughs> but beyond that, you're it's a clown show and odds are that Jonathan um Taylor and my guy Michael Pittman are not going to be having a better supporting cast next year. All right. Six. Cam. Cam? Yeah, Cam. You guys are right. A nice jump from Cam up eight to six. So just all his talking about how his team was better than his record. He made, he supported his argument this week by blowing everybody out of the water. Hey, his team is finally coming into form. That's great. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, trash talk for the win. I mean, it just took me a second to get there, too. You're you're trash talking the wrong person. Trash talk the guy you're playing this week. Come on. I I understood the criticism from earlier, but I had to give Uh, you something at least. No, I think it's fun that uh, the two four and ten teams with the roast records are playing for seventh place, and the five and nine teams are playing for the toilet. So, <laughs> it is a reminder, though, of why I would t- I stand by my decision to take the field over Carly. Not that she's not done anything to make herself a worse team, but she would have lost to Cam. I'm sure she didn't set her lineup, but there's no lineup she's going to sh- put that's going to go forty more points than what they put up last week. So, it just takes one. I mean, it is it is luck to win the championship. However I finish this year, that's the truth. That's why the metrics that have always been most important to me, and I've talked with you about this, Derek, through the years, like regular season winning percentage, that the fact that that's, my, that's, that's the one I'm the most proud of with all my fancy football stuff because that's, that's time true. That's a little more time honored. All right. So you guys are right. Cam was six. Now who's five? Mm, you know, mm. me, you, mm. you, no, me, me. So I'm trying to remember what you said last week. Was you and Alex the largest difference or was it the smallest difference? Largest. Okay, so it's Alex. Yay, Alex. You guys are correct. Was five, stays five, and in the final four of the playoffs, Alexander. My team is so good that they even got surgeries this week. So it's going to go pretty good. Um, we're going to win. Trevor Lawrence is going to die on that hill. I want to say that he was the real champion last week, him and Justin Jefferson. I can see Derek there nodding, agreeing with me, saying, yeah, Trevor Lawrence is a hill to die on. I appreciate that, Derek. It's time for me to eat crow. I admit it. You're right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Carrying the Jaguars that victory. Um, he also has to play the Jets this week, so you know, I'm looking good going into this week. Um, but yeah, solid team. Trevor Lawrence, a top ten quarterback next year in our draft. <laughs> for me, I think the obvious guy that's going to fall out of the top ten is Brady. This feels like the only guy that would ascend. What about two? Oh. Ooh. There's a lot of moving around in the quarterback position. It's kind of a tough call because it seems like Tua has, like, gone back to the inconsistency mode at times. Um, 
was really strong out of the gate, but uh, I feel like I'm not in a position to judge Lawrence because I've been bashing him all season and only am now coming around to acknowledging that he's a, a decent quarterback, a good quarterback, I'll say. Excuse me, Alex. Thank you, Derek. I appreciate you saying that. Do we throw Jared Goff's hat into the ring? No. Well, he's fine, because he's a lion. He's top ten right now. Yeah. Okay, like, I love him. He's great. He's great. I mean, I drafted him. And then dropped him. Well, only because I had to. Yeah, okay. I did. I had Jared Goff and Aaron Rodgers. I had to make some changes. <laughs> it is also a team that's going to have full, full-on full Jamison Williams next year. Of course, he's had one catch in three games, so. But it was for a touchdown. Yeah. Did he have no one regarding him? What did you say, Steve? Did he have a single target? I knew I know he didn't have a catch. Did he have a target on Sunday? I don't think so. I don't even think he really played much. Okay. I still think they're like not using him much. I don't think golf is top ten just because they're a run first offense. That's the only reason I would say no, assuming he plays there. But yeah, and then you talk about Rogers, so I think there are two guys are gonna fall out of the top ten, so Tua, Lawrence, Goff, yeah. It's going to be interesting. All right, four. Steve. Bob. Steve. Was three drops a spot to four. Bobby, tough week. Um, Took a pretty decent fall. (laughs) Is Tyreek your keeper next year if you're Bob? Or is it TBD? Did he have Diggs this, this year as his keeper? I believe so. Also, bonus points while you guys look into the ESPN app, which now has the draft recap, which is going to save me a lot of work in the offseason. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd take Hill, my keeper. Yeah. Any no thought to Kenneth Walker or Ramondre Stevens? Hill, Hill is the number two receiver in the league. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You that offensive-minded, dry humor son of a bitch coaching the team. Yeah, I think you ride that train. And, yeah, I think we talked about last week. Please give me the strength to not draft a running back in the top three rounds of the draft next year. Good luck with that. I hope so, but you know, some Devontae Williams would be like, his ACL is all better, and I'm just going to be a moron, fall in love with what I shouldn't all over again. It's like it's my 20s. But (laughs) moving on, three. Steve. 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 Was four up to three. Um, Match up with Derek this week, so uh, we'll probably be writing my post-mortem next week, so we'll leave me alone for now. Two. Derek. Derek. Yeah, it's me. Any objection to being two, Derek? <laughs> no. I don't I don't need that pressure, the albatross of being number one going into <laughs> a semifinal matchup. I I got enough problems with uh, having to face Patrick Mahomes. I don't I don't need that extra I just, weight. I'm staring down the barrel of your team next week and I mean, thank goodness you have Brock Purdy because he's a disaster. And maybe I'm happy because DeAndre Hopkins is going to be catching balls from Trace McSorley, so not even he is going to make him look good. But, like, 
Eckler, Adams, St. Brown, Waddle, the Titans playing the Texans. I'm just like, ugh, this is. Okay. And I've got Garrett Wilson getting the ball from the Milf Hunter. So here we go. I got to ask you a question here. Um, yeah. In the unlikely scenario where I decide to go with Derek Carr as my quarterback, what kind of an emotional response would you have? Uh, would it be like, oh, no, this guy who has done me much harm now has a chance to do some damage? Or would it be, oh, like the heavens have opened up and, and, and you feel that much better about your chances of winning? Or would it be, make more sense for you to not comment and answer, respond to the question? No, I I forgot that you probably benched Carl last week because it was a Patriots matchup. He's got Pittsburgh. He's got Darren Waller coming back, Hunter Renfro coming back. Mike Collins is playing um, good. And I don't care that they'll run first. There's just a lot of passing options there. So I think Carr is the right play. I think the only reason I won't have those reactions that you're talking about is, fortunately, that's a Saturday night game, so it's out of the way. I don't have to deal with it. If it was the Monday night game, I would just be in, like, I'd be in my feels a little bit more than that. So right, right. I will say actually though, um, I'm I'm leaning toward Purdy. Um, I have some concern about. I know it's Pittsburgh, but it's on the road at Pittsburgh, and that uh, that defensive line knows how to get to the quarterback. And I'm a little bit worried about the the pass rush. So I'm actually at this point I'm leaning towards uh, Purdy, but it might be it might be a game time decision. We'll see. Legitimately, if you, I go with, if you go with Purdy over Carr, enjoy fourth place. Oh, that's a strong. He, that's he's a hot take. He's filling Damn the it. void. I will say the one thing that does make me think I would put I would lean Purdy is like I don't want Derek Carr in prime time. As I think say that out loud, like I do not remember Derek Carr having a good game in in prime time. But maybe I'm wrong about that. It, it's going to be really hard for me to juggle both of your opinions because. Derek Carr led me to two victories over Lucas in the very final minutes of, of sorry to make you relive that. And then you have your trauma going against Carr. So I don't really know what to make this. I got, I got to consult with my, my team. <laughs> Is Cam in that circle of trust? <laughs> no, he's not. And I do not anticipate that he ever would be. Cause he would never right. speak to me. I assume. <laughs> Number one. Early. <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> yeah, nobody's trying to swing for the fences this week. Uh, yeah, Carly is number one. There's a world where I think she could fall out, but she'd have to have a bad week, and Derek, you'd have to shoot the moon. But uh, I think, Lucas, you told me this is her third week on this tour of duty as the number one team. Yeah, she's had two. Well, now now this is a four-week four, four week streak uh, that she's currently on, and she had a th- three-week streak earlier in the season. Oh, geez, I'm testing my memory. Okay, so she's had six weeks. Bobby's had four. I had one. Derek had one. Where are the other number ones that I'm not thinking of? Steve had one. Derek had one. Matt had one. Then Carly had three. Uh, Then Bob had four. Then Derek was back at one for a week, and Carly has been there for four weeks after that. I forgot Derek had two tours of duty. That's got to be one of our bigger falls, two, Matt, one to nine. But, okay, so those are the rankings for the week. So I know we haven't kept track of records all year long, but uh, as the outsider looking in, Lucas, uh, who are you picking to get from the semifinals to the finals? Yeah, I had that up. 
Um, da, 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 da. So we have Carly against Alex. Um, I don't know why, but Alex right now is projected to lose by 35. Easy comeback. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to have to go with Carly there. And um, I don't know if that Mahomes McCaffrey on your team, Steve, is just scares the shit out of me. So that'll be a closer one, but I, I'll go with Steve in that one. Uh, to your first question, I just caught it too. Tyler Lockett, they're putting zero points right now because he's out. So that's ah, he's so he's got zero him. points in a in a starting spot. Yeah, yep. there you go. Yeah, I do like that. I feel like I'm top heavy with those two guys, and that helps. And yeah, Mahomes just keeps you around. So gosh, bless the Texans for sticking around, so we could go to overtime and rack up some points. But all right, I think that is our part of the show. Alex, do you have anything you would like to uh, bring us home with? I have. The results have been tabulated. Ooh, I feel like there should be fancy music for this. All right, here's how the teams were scored, okay? We have best pass offense, best best run offense, best pass defense, best run defense, and then we have special teams, and we have best teamwork, okay? Those were the categories that we were drafting on. And we're just going to start, right? We got the pass game, okay? Uh, we have Steve over here with Gracie at QB, and you know what? It just stinks. I still don't know who that is, so I obviously can't give it to him. Okay, we have Derek with Bono. Gracie's a her. I don't know who hit. Sure, Derek. We got Bono over here throwing, slinging the balls out there to Santa Claus and a guy running with and a and a bag of money, which a bag of money can be anything. However, we do have to go with Lucas with Kratos, the hamburger helper glove, that guy that makes all the Mountain Dews, and Mister Heatmiser. That's just an unstoppable pass offense that I cannot imagine anyone stopping. Yay, I won something this year. Woohoo! <laughs> All right, we've got the best run offense, okay? Um, Lucas, you were close with a cat on cocaine. I imagine that would be very quick, very good at making cuts. And Thomas the Dank Engine as an offensive line, like who's going who's gonna to be able to not get stopped by that? Derek, also a guy running with scissors. No one wants to tackle that. The only problem is you have Larry the Cable Guy blocking for him. I don't know how effective that's going to be. So, however, we do have our winner for the run offense. With Steve, with the running, with the wave from point break, I don't know who's going to stop that from the running back position with Harambe blocking for him. So Steve wins the run game. If it's good enough to kill Patrick Swayze, you damn well know it's going to get three yards on fourth and one. Yeah, you get it. You get it. Now we have the pass defense, okay? So we have uh, Steve over here with uh, Count Chocula and The Rock after drinking some hot dog water. And, I mean, that's pretty solid. And then we also have Derek over here with uh, Larry the Lobster at cornerback. But he's not a very fast guy. Um, and a basket of toads at safety. So I think that they can just chuck the throw deep on you. But in the end, we have to give it to Lucas because he has goose flying on a goose dragon. And then we also have the gerbils from G4. And we have jetpacks and spy tools. And I think that they're just going to be flying around, stopping anything in the air. So pass defense goes to Lucas. Shut down corners, baby. Mm-hmm. Got best Just real quick, real quick. I'm watching. This is hilarious. Derek is listening to this like he is a high school football coach getting advice from Bill Belichick on his team. He's internalizing the feedback and he's disagreeing. But I'm sorry, this has been entertaining to watch. Well, I just think uh, you know Alex is underestimating Santa Claus and Larry the Cable Guy. That's that's all. <laughs> no, no, he's got it right. <laughs> 
We have the best run defense. Okay. Look at this. So we have Derek over here, and it's a really solid front line with the Pillsbury Doughman. A lot of people didn't believe in him, but he believed in himself. And trust me, he's a pretty he's pretty tough down the center of the line. And we have a dude in a green skin suit at linebacker that's just going to sneak in there in the in-between spots to get those tackles. That's great. Steve, on the other hand, has Big Debbie, though, which a lot of power there. And the Goo Goo Dolls, and there's three of them, and I think that they can guard a lot of area. They may not be the quickest because I think they're a little bit older, but um, we are going to have to go with Lucas again for the run defense with the entire cast of my 600-pound life and a guy, the guy that pooped a little, but then we also have the people in the back coming up for the, for the, for the defense. Um, and so, I mean, that's another win for Lucas on that front. Number one um, defense, baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now we have special teams. Okay. Special teams. We have Lucas. We got soccer floppers. They're going to be great at, like, taking those penalties and stuff. And then we have Mario as Chris Pratt for kicker. Um, pretty solid picks, but then we want to look at Steve's here, too. He has Big Chunkus at kicker. And I don't think he knows who Big Chunkus is, but he doesn't really have legs. So that's not really going to work too well. <laughs> He's mostly just feet. And then we have Joey Barrington at punter. Um, I've never seen a bear punt a football, but I bet he could do it. But with the winner of the special teams, we have Derek with Peyton Manning with power gloves at kicker. He has a little bit of football experience compared to the other guys. And also a blue-eyes white dragon as the punter, which I would imagine the power behind a dragon would be immense. So congratulations, Derek, best special teams. Thank you. And I'll, we have, I'll take the win. And then we have our last one. We have teamwork. You know, best team that I think would work together. And, you know, I got to tell you, we got to give it to uh, Team Steve here. With um, We got Mary Poppins and we got um, the way from Point Break. And Gracie, I imagine, is a very well-working individual. And it's just a bunch of people that looks like it would go well together. Um, Luke, Lucas just kind of has, like, a bunch of completely different things. I don't know how well the hamburger helper glove is going to work with a cat on cocaine. Let's be honest here. Um and Derek, I think Santa Claus wouldn't want to work with a lot of the people that you teamed him up with. That's where we disagree, but that's okay. <laughs> I know you're the expert, so. <laughs> wow. Thank you. That's a very deep breakdown, Alex. I really appreciate that. And having to do that on the fly, kudos. Well, I'm telling you, there was a purpose behind it. So congratulations, Lucas. You went overall, though. Heck, yeah. Good job. It's although although Stephen Lucas tied for first place things, Lucas had a couple of second place spots and a couple of spots, so that's where he beats out with Steve. So Derek, yeah. you were dead last. Your team sucked. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say it's pretty, was sad. it's pretty sad that my my make believe Alex team is better than my real fantasy football team. So well, look at that, Lucas. The three of us are in the playoffs, but you won this one. I know. I, I'm in the I'm in the wrong game, I guess. I'll have to make a trophy. Oh, I'll take it. Whatever it is. <laughs> I think one of these years I do want us to pay to get a bigger a better trophy. Also just so I can retire the old one at my house. So the next time you win, you're gonna pay to, to get a better trophy? So you can I might actually one. do that, yes. Yeah, yeah. Like if I got a terminal diagnosis in the next five years, I think a big chunk of my money would be used to have like the <laughs> Oh, Develop the Steve Trophy. You want to Steve Vince Lombardi trophies from Etsy. 
Yeah. Do it. Or it'd be that it'd be that cardboard cutout of me, like just kind of fancy fied a little bit. <laughs> Everyone could take that home with them. So. All right. All right. Real quick, any recommendations for the week, or do we just shut it right down? I recommend the Detroit Lions. They're fun to watch, and I love them, and they're making me happy right now. They can't lose to Carolina, right? Oh no. I, we said last week. I thought the Jets was their hardest game left. Yeah. But I could totally see a scenario where we get to the last game of the season and it's between us and the Packers and the winner makes the playoffs. And you know exactly what's going to happen. Sad times at Lambeau. Mm. Yeah. I mean, Derek, that'll be the life. That will really be your able to be insight into life as a Lions fan, to watch us rally, go from 1-6 and six to like 9-7 and seven, and then just crater against the Packers. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, good luck, everybody. We're all playing for something this week, and uh, hopefully everybody is still friends afterwards. But until next week, y'all have a great holiday, and uh, good night, Gracie. I'm sorry Gracie couldn't take your team to the championship.